Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Grab your Bibles, open with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, and also put a marker in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you're extra spiritual... And if you're extra saved, put one in Psalm 34. Psalm 34. But I'm excited tonight. We're beginning a brand new series off the back of Easter that I'm pumped about. I'm super pumped about um, that is going to be really, really great. So Proverbs chapter 11, I think we're going to have it on the screen for you, says this. In verse 23, the desire of the righteous ends only in good. The expectation of the wicked in wrath. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters himself will be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Verse 27, whoever diligently seeks God, seeks good, seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. And verse 30 is one I want to focus on tonight. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your word tonight. Lord, we just thank you that it has the power to change us. It molds us, it shapes us, it, it can determine so much, Lord, when we grab a hold of it and we understand it in a whole new way. Thank you tonight, Lord, that you speak through your word and you help us through your word and you help us to see clearly through your word. So I pray it would be your words tonight and not mine, Lord, in Jesus' name and the whole church said together, amen. You ever been in a conversation with someone, maybe at a party or a barbecue and you start speaking to them about maybe an issue you have. Maybe, I don't know, the toilet broke at home. Maybe the, the car tire has gone flat. Maybe there's some kind of mechanical issue going on or whatever. And then you hear those words, oh, I know a guy. Oh, I know a guy. I've got the guy for you. I know the guy that you should talk to. Have you ever come across someone like that? I feel like in life we're, we either know someone like that or we are just one degree of separation away from someone who knows that. I know a guy. I know a guy who can fix that problem. I know a guy who can help me with that issue. I know a guy who can come to my rescue. I know a guy who can save me in my time of need. You know, we as Christians, we know the guy. We don't just know a guy, but we know the guy. We know the guy who can come to our rescue. We know the guy who can help us in our time of need. We know the guy who can save our souls. And so that's why the title of my message or the title of this series is I Know a Guy, because the truth is we do know a guy. We know the guy. And so this series is going to be really cool. It's going to be really exciting. It's focused on evangelism. It's focused on reaching the people in and around us. 
because I know a guy. I know a guy no matter what the situation is. I know a guy no matter what you're facing. I know a guy no matter what's coming at you today, no matter what's coming at you tomorrow, no matter what's coming at you in the seasons to come. I know a guy and he can help you and fix your problems. Isn't that cool? But when we think of someone who knows a guy, I thought I'd throw up a couple of pictures for us. I think we have them on the screen, you know, like this guy. You know, I know a guy, you know, the trench coat salesman. He's just like, yeah, man, I got all the answers for you right here inside my coat. And then the next one, you know, the, the, the person who's the multitasker. You know, I know a guy who can do anything. So that one's for all the ladies in the house that can do everything. But we all know a guy. We all know a guy, and so I wanted to talk about evangelism in this series. I wanted to take a moment and talk about us as a church reaching people. You know, there's some amazing things happening in the world today. God's doing some amazing things on the earth today. But you know, you know it's not all good in the church. A lot of churches don't necessarily grow because of evangelism. And I know that's sort of stark to say, but there have, there have been studies that have been done and I was uh, doing some study into this and I was looking at evangelism and how churches grow through evangelism and I came across an amazing study that was done and uh, Dr. Rice Brooks was part of that study and that study is, a, um, is like a, a, doctor, a doctorate study and eight or nine denominations participated in this study. It was recently done but there were some alarming things that, that came out of this study about the American church. And some of the things were this and again this is across eight different denominations but um, some of the, the statistics are just incredible. I'd love to, 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 to talk about them. And again, this is not bashing other churches. It's not bashing um, a, any particular church in general. It's just talking about what's happening right now in our world, especially in the North American church. It says only 3% of churches in North America grow because of evangelism. Only 3%. And even more alarming is over 80% of churches in North America have either plateaued or are declining in numbers. Over 80%. And so we, we are seeing amazing things in our church, and, it's, and I praise God for it. But I never want us to get comfortable. I never want us to get familiar. I never want us to just be okay and just think, oh, it's cool for me. You know, it's part of this study as well that was probably the most alarming thing for me and really hit home for me was that this study, when it focused on young people, it talks about this. It says with the, with the world at the moment and the, the whole, you know, skepticism out there and universities and whatnot, it says that six or seven out of ten young people that are in high school that love the Lord, that are maybe part of a church, maybe go to a youth group, will go off to college somewhere and seven out of ten will lose their faith. Seven out of ten will lose their faith. Seven out of ten will, will call back home and speak to dad or to mom and say, you know what, I just don't believe it anymore. I just don't believe it anymore. I don't know what I believe. And so this wave of skepticism, and I believe there is a mandate on our church. There is a mandate on our church to turn that around, especially in our city, in our county. I believe with everything I have that there is a mandate in our church to grab those people that are maybe coming out of middle school or high school, grab them and see them in church in their 20s. See them loving God in their 20s. See them in a, under church leadership in their 20s, making key decisions inside the church. And so that's why this series is so important. 
because it's fundamental to who we are as a church. I believe this series, I Know a Guy, is going to be fundamental to who we are as a church. This is our DNA. This is what we believe about the church. This is what the church should be. This is a culture-building series, foundational for our house. This is just who we are. We're, we're an invite-your-friends-over type of house. We're, hey, bring your friends over to the house and see what it's all about. That's the type of church we are. I just wanted to reflect on our vision statement just for a minute. But our vision statement says this. It says to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church whose focus is Jesus and mission is to what? Welcome people home. Exciting, always changing, always seeing God do new things. It's exciting, it's vibrant, which means it's filled with people from all walks of life each doing a unique thing and God doing something different in every single person. So it's vibrant. It's obviously Bible-based and Christ-centered and we stand on God's Word. We're faithful to the Scriptures. We put Jesus in the middle of our lives. Jesus is our focus, but our mission is to welcome people home. So tonight, I know a guy, part one. We are a bringing to church type of house. We are bringing people to, we have a culture of inclusion here at Colonial Church. We have a culture of inclusion. We don't come to church alone. You may have been coming alone if, if maybe you recently got saved in our church. Can I just stop for a moment and talk about last weekend? We had 468 people in the house last week for Easter. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. But almost more, more amazing than that, it actually is more amazing, is we had 35 decisions for Jesus last weekend, which is incredible. And the reason is, is because we are an inclusive church. We bring people along. If you've been coming to church for a little while now, maybe you got saved in our church, you've been coming alone, that's great. I'm glad you come to church by yourself. It's very important that you just get here, but you can't stay like that. You've got to start to bring people with you. You've got to start to share the message around you. Talk about what God has done in your life and say, man, you should just come to church with me. You should just come along and see what God is doing. People get saved in our church every single week. Every single week. And I wanted to paint that picture of the doctoral study to say that's not exactly normal. But I don't ever want us to get familiar. And I want us to look importantly at that young person's statistic and say, that's not okay. That's because that's not okay with me. If it's not okay with me, it's not okay with you. <laughs> That's church leadership right there. If it's not okay with me, it's not okay with you. So we plan on doing something about it. Evangelism is just what we do. It's what we're about. It's who we are. So we're going to go and we're going to do something about it in Jesus' name. Who are you bringing along on the journey with you? I'd love it if you could write this down. We're going to have some strategies when it comes to reaching the world around us. A few thoughts that I'm going to give you. But one of them is this. Pull the thread that we notice is loose in the people around us. If you're looking for something practical, there's going to be some extremely practical parts of this series. There's going to be some more spiritual sides to us where we can actually see God speaking to us through His Word. But one of the things that evangelism is just all about is simply pulling out the thread we see that is loose in someone. Someone has a longing for God. Someone has what Ecclesiastes 3 says, that eternity has been set in the hearts of man. We can just see it in them, so we begin to draw it out. 
begin to pull it out and ask questions and see if there's something going on on the inside of them, some kind of longing that we see. Like my friend Rich said, a God-shaped hole that only God can fill, that only Jesus can be the answer for, that only grace can overcome that issue. Pull the thread that we notice is loose in people. You know, I think tonight's reminder is simply from the Word of God that he who wins souls is wise. He who wins, the New King James calls it soul winning. The ESV calls it capturing souls. He who captures souls is wise. One of the, I think one of the healthy indicators about a Christian's life is they still share their faith. For some reason, when it comes to our Christianity, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's the people who are recently saved are the ones who are raving about it. They're the ones who are telling everyone, man, you have no idea. It's incredible what's going on. You've got to come to church with me. I'm freaking out. This is so amazing. You've got to, like, seriously, I'm going to come pick you up at 6 a.m. so you can come to church with me. That's what they're like. But as we progress in our Christianity, we get to this place and we're just like, meh. But no, one of the healthy signs of a healthy Christian, someone who's on fire for Jesus, is still inviting people to the house, still telling people around them, man, there's a God out there who loves you. Jesus loves you. He hung on that tree for you. So come and see what it's all about. So what I wanted to do tonight as we begin this series, I know a guy. I really like that name, by the way. I, th- I think I did pretty good. I think, I think it works. I think it's a good hashtag. <laughs> Just kidding. But seriously. Um, I wanted to start off the series by doing something fun. I wanted to give us three myth busters. You ever seen that show Mythbuster? It's kind, of, it's kind of a cool show. I mean, it's a little bit boring, but there's a couple of good episodes. But they, they, they present the myth. They present the myth, and then they give you the truth. <laughs> they figure out what the truth is, and then they either get rid of the myth or they say the myth is true. So I want to do three myth busters for us tonight about this series on evangelism. I know a guy, so number one is this. The myth is soul winning is for religious people. But the truth is I am called to win souls. The myth is that soul winning is for the pastor. The myth is that soul winning is for the super spiritual. The myth is that soul winning is for the people that are veteran Christians that have been to all the revivals and the crusades. But the truth is we are all called to win souls. We are all called to take the message to the streets. We are all called to take the message to the cubicles on a Tuesday. We are all called to talk to people about Jesus. Can I get an amen in the house? Come on, don't get quiet on me. We are all called to tell people about Jesus. That's the myth. The myth is, oh man, leave it to the super religious. Leave it to the people who are better at sharing their story. Leave it to the people who seem to flow better with people. No, we're all called to win souls. We are all called to be salt and light. We are all called to be fishers of men. We are all called to take the message out those doors into our world every single day. It's not for the people who have it all together. That's another myth that needs to get busted tonight. Just because you don't have it all together doesn't mean that you can't share the message of Jesus. I love the the text in Ephesians chapter 4. I haven't got time to read it all, but I just want to read it from verse 11. This completely destroys that myth. Paul says it this way. He says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for this 
for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And you can go on and read the rest, but essentially what he's saying is all that happens so that we can equip you to do the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of seeing people reconciled to God. The ministry of seeing someone who is lost all of a sudden be found. The ministry is reconciling people to their creator. Could there be anything better for us to be involved in? Could there be anything better that we could do with our lives? Could there be anything better we do when we go off to work on a Monday morning than be the very thing that God wants to use to reconcile the world to himself? Can I get an amen in church tonight? I'm getting fired up about this. That's what it's like every week, okay? If you come, if you're visiting. Building up and strengthening the body of Christ. I like the way that the message puts it. It says he handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed with and without, fully alive like Christ. See, there's a misconception in the church today that, all, that, that people just think, okay, well, the ministry, the outreach, the, the evangelism, that's the pastor's job. Well, that's the worship pastor's job. Well, that's a, some, some kind of special team that the church assembles. It's just, it's just funny to me. It's like this special team that's assembled and they're all, you know, everyone just thinks, oh, they're those people that do that thing. They're those people that kind of go to the streets and do that thing. They're the kind of people that, you know, I don't really talk to those people. They just do what they do. No, 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 no. We all do it. And God's given us all a different path. God's given us all different skills. God's given us all different pathways. And God, the amazing thing is, He lets us be a part of it. <laughs> he lets crazy people like us be a part of His great plan. News for you tonight. We're all called to learn and be equipped by the church to build up and strengthen the body. That's why essentials are so important. Later this month, we're going to have essentials. Pastor Bob will do an amazing job like he always does, talking about the essentials of our faith and the essentials of our church and getting us equipped to go out and do everything we need to do. Essentials is so important. That's exactly why connect groups are so important. You know why connect groups are so important? Because you do life with people, but you also get a chance to share your story. You also get a chance to t tell people in your connect group in a safe setting where it's, it's okay to say to people, hey, this is what God has done in my life. So it's like a training ground. Before we go out into the world, we tell other people our story as well. Am I preaching to anyone tonight? I know a guy. Myth number two. I like these myth busters. I'm going to keep, I might do these again. Myth busters. Myth, myth number two. My story isn't good enough. The truth is, my story is all I'll never need. The myth is that my story is just not good enough. But the truth is, your story is all you will ever need. You take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you overlay that onto your life, and you are done. That's all you'll ever need when it comes to evangelism. That is all you will ever need when it comes to sharing the message of the gospel. All you've got to do is tell your story. Psalm 34 says, come and taste. Come and see and taste that the Lord is good. What is a taste? 
of God's goodness, anything that God has done for you, anything that God has placed on your life, anything that God has done in your world. My story isn't good enough. The truth is my story is all I will ever need. God, no one can ever undo what God did in your life. No one can ever undo what God did in your heart. No one can ever undo the grace that was lavished on your life. No one can ever do that. No one can ever take that away from you. That's your experience. That's your testimony. That's your story. And all we've got to do is get better at telling our story. The enemy loves to tell you the lie. But man, your story's not that good. It's not that unique. It's not that amazing. Why would you tell your story? You grew up in a Christian home. Why would you tell your story? Or you grew up going to mission trips when you were a kid. Why would you tell your story? But I would say this. I would say, you know what? God has taken care of me my whole life. God has, God has protected me and he's carved out a path for me. He loves me so much. He has protected me. He's raised me up in an amazing family. I can change the world because I have God. And you can have him too. But the enemy would love to tell you on the other side. He'd say, you know what? You're too far gone. Your story is no good because you know what? It's just too far gone. You did too much. You went too far. But grace would say, God saved you. Doesn't matter how far you got, he can still save you. All of a sudden, your story builds faith in other people. All of a sudden, your story will help people see a new way. All of a sudden, your story, coupled with the journey and what God has done in your life, will change the game for someone else. My story is enough. Your story is enough. Myth number three. God isn't for everyone. The truth is God loves everyone. God's not for everyone. God's not for everyone. Church, you know, church is not for everyone. Church and God and spiritual things is not for everyone. But the truth is God loves every single person. There's a thread somewhere in that person that we may get the opportunity to pull on, that we may get the opportunity to 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 talk to them about some kind of angle. It's not supposed to be invasive. It's not supposed to be pushy. It's simply offering God to people. It's simply offering God the opportunity to come close to God. Simply offering people the opportunity to come close to Jesus. Hear more about what it is. It is for everyone. It's for every single person, even the skeptics. I'm convinced that everyone wants to know God. Everyone wants to know God. Even an atheist in their time of need would like to know that God is real. Even a skeptic who spends their whole life debating against God, if they come into a time of need, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's a sickness, and there's a chance that there's a God in heaven that could save them or heal them or help a loved one, they'll listen. God loves every single person. There's always that what if to people who don't know God. And I believe that's because God's put a little compass on the inside of them. God's put a little compass on every single, every single person on the earth today that when given the opportunity, the Bible says that there is an appointed time of salvation. 
That's why we do a salvation altar call every single service in our church. And if you're in here today and you've never come into contact with the Savior, Jesus Christ, we give people an opportunity every single service. We offer the opportunity to pray with them so they can begin a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says there's an appointed time of salvation. God loves every person. So we have to do our part. I want to talk just for a moment about the power of an invitation. The power of an invitation. I mentioned it before, but Psalm 34 and verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Come and see. Come and see. Each week what we're going to do is we're going to give you these cards. And if you want to grab this card so you can have a look at it. But over the course of this series, we're going to believe for many people to come to know the Lord. We're going to believe for many lost people to be found again. We're going to believe for your friends and your family and the people that are in your world, your co-workers, the people you do life with that don't know God. We're going to believe for them to come to know Him. We're just going to believe that God's going to draw people close to Himself. Amen? So these cards right here, I'm just believing that they're going to, they're going to be impacting. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to guide every single one of us to give these to people. So each week there's going to be a new one that comes. We're going to have these uh, thought-provoking um, quotes on the back. This one says, you may not be able to measure God's love, but you certainly can experience it. Sundays at Colonial. <laughs> so get people to a place where like, man, I want to go check that out. And that's where we get the opportunity to pull that thread and say, hey, just come and see. Come and see that the Lord is good. Come and see this Jesus that I'm so desperate about. Come and see. So these invites are really, really important. And I would love in the coming days if you could pray, put them in your Bible, maybe write in your Bible the people you're believing for over the course of this series that you could invite to church. How cool would it be if these just got distributed all over our city? They got distributed all over the world that we operate in, our sphere of influence, co-workers at the coffee shops and in the business and maybe, you know, some of the school games, you get the opportunity to slip that into someone's hand and just say, man, you should come check it out. Come check out my church. Come see what it's all about. I'd love to host you. I'd love to save a seat for you. I know a guy. I know a guy who can help. I know a guy who can fix. I know a guy who can heal. I know a guy can do what only God can do. In Jesus' name. So Lord, we just pray, Father, that in the coming days, as these cards go out, Lord, that somehow, some way, Father, that you would direct them in the path and in the way that you want them to go. Thank you, Father, that in your word it says that he who wins souls is wise. He who captures souls, Lord, is wise. And ultimately, you're, Lord, you're the one that changes a life. You're the one that that changes a soul, Lord. Your, it's, it's, it's your sacrifice through Jesus that takes us from death to life. But in the coming weeks, Lord, help us to do our part. Help us to spread this message, Lord, this good news via these invite cards. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide every single one of these cards. Lord, as they go out of this building today, tonight, Lord, as they go out, Lord, I just pray they would go out anointed. They would go out anointed and they would go out set apart. They would go out preordained by you, every single card in Jesus' name. Lord, that those cards would not just stay on a counter or, on, or on, a, on a desk somewhere or on a shelf, Lord, but they would go into the hands, Father, the hands of the people that need you, the hands of the people that are lost, the hands of the people around us, Lord, that we are convicted by your Holy Spirit to give these cards to. Father, I just pray it would be a game changer in Jesus' name. 
that people's lives would change, Lord, that people would come into contact with you and everything would begin to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? I know a guy who can change your life. You know, as we finish, I just wanted to share this story. I just want to share a story, and I don't know if you've watched much about history or the Second World War, but I kind of like reading about that sort of stuff. But there was a battle that took place in 1940 called the Battle of Dunkirk. I don't know if anyone's anyone seen that movie, Dunkirk. Has anyone seen that movie, The Darkest Hour, with Churchill in it? I love reading about Churchill's leadership, and I love just, I love it. And it's really, really cool, but I was completely taken over when I learned about this battle, the Battle of Dunkirk. I, got, I think we've got a few pictures, but what took place on this, in this battle was the Allied forces were all pushed to the beaches and the coastline of France. They were pushed, they were surrounded, there were bombs that were being dropped by the Germans, the, the Nazi Germans, there was craziness happening, it looked like it was all over. It looked like it was, it was going to end badly, it looked like every single troop was going to die. All the Allied forces, in fact, the entire British army was going to get wiped out unless something happened. And so they did all the battle strategy and Churchill and the war cabinet got together and they came up with this strategy or this operation called Operation Dynamo. Operation Dynamo was the biggest gathering of naval vessels, recreational vessels in history. Churchill put the word out to the naval commanders and said, Along with our ships, you get as many recreational sailing boats and vessels as you can get and you gather them up and you send them to the beaches in France to pick up our troops. And so what they did was something just unbelievable and so incredible. But I think there was 847 little vessels that were gathered up, sailing vessels, recreational vessels, just little diesel engines, and so together with the Navy ships, and some of, these, some of these ships were actually captained by the owners that went off into the war zone to try to get the troops. And remind you, this is a pivotal changing point for the whole war. And in a five-day period, I think it was the end of May, the beginning of June, 338,000 troops were rescued and changed the war forever changed everything, changed the course of history. And here's what I'm believing about us. I'm believing that we're little vessels sent out into our city with these little cards to rescue, to rescue people, to offer this into people and to say, hey man, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's happening in your spiritual life. You seem like maybe you're a little bit lost. Come to church with me. Come and see and taste that the Lord is good. Just come to church. It's not invasive. It's not pushy. We're not getting up in people's faces. We're just slipping a card in their hand and saying, hey, man, come and check it out. Come and see what it's all about. And if you get the opportunity, tell them God loves you, friend. Just come to church. Just come hear this preacher with his weird accent. Just come and hear him speak. I guarantee you, you'll enjoy it. We're trying to build a church here where people actually enjoy coming to church. But I believe we're going to be like operational, Operation Dynamo. Hundreds of vessels going off into our city and our county and our world with the mission 
to see the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ go into the city and change lives. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. One of my favourite quotes is by a missionary called Charles, Charles Studd. He was a missionary. He was a lawyer. This was in the late 1800s. He was also a cricketer, so I happen to like him a lot. But he was on the mission field and he said this when he came back. He said, some people like the church bells ringing in the chapel on a Sunday morning. I.e., some people like the comfort. Some people like to live within comfort in their lives. Like to live their lives knowing that there'll be church bells ringing. But he says, I would rather set up a rescue shop 10 yards from the gates of hell to see people rescued and brought back into the kingdom of God. That's the kind of church we are. So this week, let's rescue some people. Let's set up that shop in our own lives. Let's believe in Jesus' name for people to get turned around. Come on, we're going to sing, we're going to pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your word tonight. Lord, thank you that this Operation Dynamo is a picture of what you're going to do in our spiritual lives, Lord, in this city. Lord, send us out. We say tonight we're willing, Lord. We're willing to open up our lives, to have the conversation, Father, to invite people to be part of the rescue, to be part of the opportunity, to be part of the plan. Lord, thank You that we don't just know a guy, we know the guy. His name is Jesus and He saves. So tonight, Lord, I just thank You for that, God. As we continue to sing, God, help us to see those people. Help us to see the people You want us to invite. Help us to see the people You want us to reach. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.